Welcome to another edition of the Royal Alliance UK podcast, episode 221, The Bryce is Right. My name's Matthew Turner, alongside guests from the Panther Nation podcast, Dave. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate the invite, you know. I always have a blast when I come here. Love having you on. And if people didn't hear uh, our draft episodes with you in the off-season, if they didn't hear you on the Panthers preview last year... Talk a bit about your, yourselves and, and the Panther Nation PC, because you guys do amazing work, not only for the Panthers stuff, but for draft and for um, for black football too. Yeah, so PNP primarily focus on the Carolina Panthers. We also do draft coverage, um, and it looks like our draft coverage is going to be starting very soon, the way that this team has been looking. Um, so, yeah, me and Rashad literally was having a discussion uh, we we um, focus on that. I mainly try to do more focus on the FCS side of the fence, but Rashad is a big football, big, you know, power five type of guy. I don't watch too much power five football. Um, but, comma, but, and I also do fantasy football. And a side gig that I do with a couple other um, historical black college university alumni, I do, I cover HBCU sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a North Carolina A&T grad, your general manager, also graduated from that institution, Brad Holmes. So I, I focus on them, but we, we do a whole montage for the entire HBCU front. There, there's over 100 HBCUs and 20 over 20 Division One programs, and I think there's close to like 30 Division Two programs, if my numbers serve me correctly. So, um, so we, we cover the entire gauntlet when it comes to that. It's something which obviously at the draft level is massively overlooked. And I know obviously our own Ant takes a big look at HBCUs and tries to bring you on every time to do that because there are some gems in the rough there. And we've proven that, you know, over the years with with James Houston coming out and, and other people yeah. like that. So if you want to know how our general manager thinks, you want to listen to Dave around draft time, but also when we bring him back, I'm sure later on in the year, for the draft cycle. Many thanks to Grand Guys at 12 as well with a $5 super chat. It says Lions versus Panthers. Cat fight, cat fight. No pity for the kitty. Guttural meowing sounds, screeching, hissing, <laughs> yowling, and growling. Thank you, Grand <laughs> Sorry, Dave. No, Grand Yo, Grand is everywhere. Grand, shout out to Grand He's <laughs> everywhere. Now, I will say this. Um, when it comes to... Dang, I lost my train of thought. I'll, I'll catch it. I'll catch it later. I'll catch okay. it later. Okay, I'll, I'll go through some of the preamble for the show and you can think about where, where your train of thought has gone. So, uh, Discord channel, that's going strong. So you guys want to come and join us for game day on there. There's a link going in the live chats right now. So if you're in YouTube or Twitch and you haven't joined us yet, come and join us now. Please don't forget to like uh, the show, sub to the podcast, all that good stuff and the college football podcast Ant and ryan actually were live on monday this week just gone so if you missed them time to go and catch up they looked at last weekend and they looked ahead to this weekend so got to go and catch them there also got to join lions nations unite facebook.com slash lions nation unite that's herman moore's project to bring the best in lions content creators together we're there and, and micro mics there and dosa dion some great lions content creators at lions nation unite finally you know about 
the Twitch and the YouTube and the feedback form down below. But yesterday we launched for the first time our merch store and I've put a good amount of effort into this because it isn't as easy as I thought it would be. You can see the hat. You can't buy the flag, unfortunately. That's just for me. But there's some lovely hoodies on there. There's some shirts and T-shirts and what have you. We've actually bought them ourselves because we wanted to make sure that the quality was actually good enough to get out there. But the hoodie apparently is really lovely and took that. I've got one of the T-shirts. Fantastic quality. So, you know, if you want to support the show, that's a really good way of doing that and repping us as well. Link is in the chat right now. Right, of course. We are going to be previewing the Panthers game, but just a little bit of news first up. We found out last week that Jamison Williams, the former 12th overall pick in the draft a couple of years ago, he was restored to the main roster as of Monday because of the NFL walking back some of their gambling rules. He served double the amount of time he should have done, but we won't get into that. He has not yet been activated. So at the moment, he's not eligible to play in this Sunday's game. We have a roster exemption. We are allowed 54 players on the roster, but the 54th man can't play, which is Jameson Williams. If we want him to play, we have to activate him to the 53. And we only have 52 active at the moment, I think. So let's see what happens with that. It looks likely he'll come on. But for the moment, not yet. He is obviously going through things with trainers on the sideline. And Josh Pascal as well, he's on IR, but he's doing work on the sidelines with some trainers. Looks like he's in reasonable shape. He's eligible to return next week, not for this week but there we go so Jameson Williams he looks a bit rusty not gonna lie not getting off the line particularly quick but he's acclimatizing and coming up slowly so there's the news Dave we're going to come on to the Panthers and obviously started 0-4 this season pro football reference says that you should be 1.1 wins right now so you are under expectation in terms of where you guys should be and I mean I do think a reasonable chunk of that was last week against the Vikings when you were in a really good position to start out Give a little synopsis, really, of the season so far. What's what's happened to the Panthers to put you in this position? Um, there's a couple of things that's happened to the Panthers, and we can start with um, our offensive play calling has been can be very atrocious at times. Our clock management kind of went, and our clock management offensively has went full force um, in the Vikings game. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities that we kind of miss with regards to that. Now, we are starting Bryce Young, who is a rookie quarterback, and we expect rookie mistakes. Some people will say it was on him for the Vikings game, and some people will also say it was on him for the first game against the Atlanta Falcons. But, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Our offensive line has not played as well as we expected them to, considering what was returning. But at the same time, we've had injuries at the guard position. Both of our guards have been out. Austin Corbett is on his way back. We'll see if he'll be ready to rock on, on Sunday. Um, but at the same time, we've had a lot of injuries. Our, our starting left guard is out for the season, Brady Christensen, or out for a period of time. I think he might be out for the season. But yeah, I think he's out for the year. So so when you when you take into account all the injuries that we have, besides the fact that we had injuries on the secondary side of the fence, we've had a lot of injuries there as well. Um, JC Horn's hurt. Um, Dante Jackson's banged up a little bit. CJ Henderson's hurt. So we're out here trying to piece this thing together. And shout out to Coach Evero. Evero has been doing a phenomenal job. Our defensive coordinator, he's done a phenomenal job with the pieces that he's had. But Frank Wright continuously is continuing to call the plays, and he's not doing us any service right now. So offensively, we have not looked good. Part of the reason why they made the decision to not go with Steve Wilkes was because there was a talks about having an offensive-minded coach. We have this offensive-minded coach, and our offenses are among the bottom five in the NFL. Yeah, that's 
that's really good synopsis is kind of what I've seen on tape and we'll get into that in more detail and what that has meant for your play calling in just a second. Let me take you through everyone the sort of highlights of this game at the moment. So the betting Panthers are 15 to four by fraction odds. I think by American odds, that is about plus four. 85 lions are five to one on which makes them minus 400 or something like that which is all manner of crazy lions 10 point favorites on the spread over under for this game is 44 points injury report has come out for the panthers today but not yet for the lions which is really frustrating for the panthers xavier woods didn't practice for a second day in a row with a hamstring otherwise limited in practice for two consecutive days Claudin Cherolis, Dante Jackson, Frankie Louvu, Giovanni Ricci, Mars Sanders, Deshaun Williams, Austin Corbett, and Stephen Sullivan. So a pretty long list. But for the Lions, there's some significant names on the list as well from yesterday. We know from early reports that today as well, no practice for Brian Branch, Jason Cabinda, or Amon Brown. Frank Ragnow had a veteran rest day yesterday, so he's probably going to be practicing today. But limited in practice yesterday as well, Taylor Decker, Kirby Joseph, Emmanuel Mosley, Julian Aquara. Josh Reynolds, Halapulavati Vaitai, and then, of course, Jamison Williams is on the list just because he's acclimatizing. So both teams have some significant injuries in there. Uh, but, Dave, you, like you alluded to, it is a long list of, of significant contributors in there. I mean, Miles Sanders is is the lead back for you guys at the moment. Xavier Woods is a big piece. And then Frank Luvu finds himself all over the field at the linebacker position, and they're all dealing with something. Yeah, like we're... Look, man, we're a banged up roster, bro. And it's and I want to say that's part of the reason why we just haven't been that good. Um, but the reality is it's more to it than that. I think like we've talked going into the season, we talked about this all-star coaching staff. This all-star coaching staff. Uh, you know, we we got we got Jim Caldwell in there as an offensive consultant. You know Jim Will Caldwell very well, right? So we got this great coaching staff. We haven't seen no type of results. And now people are trying to justify 0-4. There are some pockets of Panther Nation that's trying to justify 0-4. But I walked into this season thinking that we were going to win the division because we were a game out the previous year. And we we don't we don't have Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and and PJ Walker as our quarterbacks. You know, so it's like it's just it's just a perfect storm of what's happening right now with Panther Nation. And now we're staring at 0-6 with no first round pick going into 2024. Yeah, that's that's a tough position to be in, Ooh. especially tough for us because of course the Bears own it and them being at one and two right now is not an ideal situation for Lions fans. But you know, there we go. Uh just to get into the IR situation as well, because that's the injury report for the Panthers. Haven't touched IR yet. On IR, linebacker Shaq Thompson, who's you know, high priced, well paid linebacker that you guys brought back. Cornerback J.C. Horn, one of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL. Also defensive end Marquis Haynes and the left guard Brady Christensen. And then you alluded to Austin Corbett as well, the right guard. He's on the PUP. He's eligible to return. Whether he does or not, we don't know. So significantly banged up team. Let me take you through, for everyone at home, the Carolina Panthers depth chart as it stands. So Bryce Young, starting quarterback, starting running backs, Miles Sanders and Tuba Hubbard, who I'm a big fan of. Wide receivers, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, also Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault, and Emir Smith-Marset, all big contributors in their own way. Titan Hayden Hurst, Tommy Tremble, and then on the offensive line, Ikema Kwanu, former first-round pick, Chana Zavala, Bradley Bozeman, Calvin Throckmorton, and Taylor Motton. 
then on the defense, Deshaun Williams, Shai Tuttle, and Derek Brown as a down lineman. Outside linebackers are Brian Burns and uh, Justin Houston with Ito Gross Matos behind them. You've got your inside linebackers of Camu Grigger Hill and Frankie Louvu and Claudine Cherilus and Jones back there too. And then the back th- uh, back four of Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, and CJ Henderson, Troy Hill, Von Bell, Sam Franklin, all names you've heard on, of course, Xavier Woods we mentioned as well. Kickers Eddie Pinheiro, punters Johnny Hecker, and a pretty good punter-kicker combo. Um Looking at that defense, uh, Dave, I came into the season thinking that's a list of names, all of which I have heard of, that I respect. It's been frisky in the past few years. You went all defense in one draft not too long ago. They're all coming through. The injuries have hurt. But like you said, the defense has performed pretty well considering what's been going on. Yeah, like with all the injuries that we had on defense, I didn't even mention the fact that Shaq Thompson's out for the season too. Like we're up to talking about all the banged up injuries. Like we, <laughs> like there was so there's so many injuries right now on our roster, but I gotta I gotta contribute that to Evero, so to the defensive coordinator being able to adjust. Um, and we did a pretty good job grabbing some pretty decent plays in the offseason, like Kamud Gruger Gruger Hill. I'll be butchering his name all the time. Phenomenal guy. And then the fact that we was able to keep Frankie Louvo, who's been playing pretty well for us. Um, secondary, Sam Franklin has stepped up. He got that 99 interception return last week. So, it, you know, people have been stepping up. Derek Brown has always been the, a monster. Utah Gross Matos has finally made an appearance. Brian Burns, pay the man. We've been playing very well defensively, and I and I'm so happy that we finally get to see it. All right. Um, so let's get into some of the stats for the season so far as well. PFF, 29th overall team, 61.1 grade offense, their 30th with a 58.2 defense, 22nd, as we said, a little bit better on that side of the ball, 64.5 by DVOA. Very similar story. 29th overall, 29th on offense, 26th on defense. Bryce Young, 67 of 103, 65% completion, two touchdown, two interceptions, passer rating 75. QBR of 24.9, though, and a PFF grade of 46.9. Miles Sanders, 54 carries, 158 yards. That's 2.9 yards per carry and one touchdown. Also 15 to 23 through the air for 81 yards. PFF grade of 59 We should have left them in Philadelphia. We should have left <laughs> yeah. them in Philadelphia. People were saying that it was all about that O-line in Philly, and maybe they were right. Wide receiver uh, Adam Thielen, though, he's looked pretty shifty out there, better than I think a lot of people would have expected. 27 of 33, 287 and two touchdowns, PFF grade of 76. Other grades in there, offensive line stands out. Tyler Motten, PFF grade of 62. Chandler Savala, 27.4, not done great. However, I'm trying to I'm trying to give Zavala grace because there was no intention to be playing as soon as he has. So I'm trying to give Zavala grace with regards to that. He's a rookie, mm-hmm. um, considering that he pretty much was injured at a portion of the training camp as well. Initially, he was looking on the right side. He was looking fine. And they moved him to the left and he hasn't been the same since. No, he 14 pressures the week before last. It's a hard shape for him. I mean, we were all big fans of him in the draft process, but it was clear that he was going to be a bit of a project. And so chucking him in the deep end seems pretty harsh. But next man up, mentality. I guess it's got to be done. So um, talking about the team, though, in terms of efficiency, you might think, oh, well, you know, offensive line isn't particularly getting it done. Bryce has not had a great year to start. Marsand is not getting it done in yards per carry. So clearly the efficiency is going to be bad, but you'd be wrong. On third down, 
24 conversions on 61 attempts is 39.3%. That's 13th in the NFL. So this team on third down when it goes is pretty good. Three of seven on fourth down is 43%, is 23rd. In the red zone, four touchdowns on nine trips is 44.4%, is 26th in the NFL. So third down, you know, they're they're fairly efficient. And actually, I think that speaks to Bryce's accuracy with the short pass. Because if there's one thing I think he's shown so far this season, let's talk about Bryce now that we're here. So it, I think it's a schematic thing, but what, what have you seen from Bryce so far this season? And we'll get into the schematics later. I love his anticipation, but there's a lot that he still has to learn. Um, I'm almost, I'm not ready to completely go super crazy on the coaching staff um, because I know it's hard to, like, I think for Panthers fans, it's very difficult to watch Bryce not do as well as the others. I think Bryce, from a efficiency standpoint, had his best game last week against the Vikings, even though he had that turnover, that big, that fumble. Um, but other than that, like as from a passing standpoint, he had his best game. He's been having issues getting getting protection um, from the offensive line. Um, oh, look who's about to make an appearance. That's, that's shot, <laughs> not Davis and Sigmas. <laughs> both of us. Yeah, so I, I was going to come into this when I was looking at the, the review of the Vikings game, but I'll kind of get into it now and it will go with the schematics as well. Part of me thinks that what they're trying to do is protect Bryce, is to not expose him to too much too quickly. The offensive line has been too, too great. The wide receiver core is not setting the world on fire. So instead of trying to let him sit in the pocket, make things happen himself, scheme up short passes, get the ball out of his hands, try to get him in a rhythm. Don't ask him to do too much, especially on first and second down. Just get him in third and short and trying to make him do the business. And I think because you guys have struggled running the ball, it's actually left him in kind of third and medium, third and long far too often when he's not in a rhythm because he hasn't been passing very much. And then suddenly you're asking him to be a magician. And it's like, this isn't complimentary football. And actually what you're trying to do is making, what you've done has made things harder for him in the long run. I don't know if you guys agree. And hey, Richard, how you doing? What's up? What's up? I think you're nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded sounded great. It sounded exactly like our problems. And my apologies for coming in late. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think you 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 kind of nailed it. Uh, I think we're putting Bryce in, in tough situations. The inability to run the football is definitely a a huge problem. Uh, Miles Sanders, he's getting a, a lot of flack right now. He's not quite healthy. Um, he has a groin injury. That he's been dealing with all the training camp. But I'm of the thought that if you're not healthy, you should be playing. Uh, and so right now, Chuba is outplaying Miles Sanders and. Uh, uh, yeah, so more Chuba if, if it's going to mean that the run game is going to be successful. So, uh, yeah, the, the lack of run game, uh, the the I think that they're overthinking a lot of this with Bryce. You know, I think that, um, you know, the, the game plan going against the Vikings was that, OK, they're going to they they run the zero blitz, blitz a lot. So let's you know, let's try to get rid of the ball quick on these screens and try to beat them. It, did, it didn't work. Like, let's get back to just controlling the football and dictate instead of having to react to what the defenses are doing. We're trying to, I think we're just doing a little bit too much. So uh, yeah, I think what you were saying, you nailed it. And again, Dave, you can add to that. Now nah, you, you're, you on point, man. But I, I just think that on the protections is killing Bryce. And on top of that, I agree about the aspect of not having a run game. You know, I already, I don't want to get on my rant about Miles Sanders anymore. I'm tired of Miles Sanders, yo. Like I, I am like, I, I'm done. I'm and I mean, enough. 
I saw it in the chat. Someone was saying, do Carolina have the same running backs that they had last year when they absolutely killed us on the ground? Okay, we don't have one of them, but you do have the other. You do have Tuba Hubbard, who went for 12 carries and 125 yards last year against us. 10.4 yards per carry. I know it's not the same Panthers team, but that guy strikes through the heart of his... We don't yeah, have and, Steve Wilkes. Yeah, we don't have a lot of what we had last year in regards to that game. Foreman was a huge part. I mean, Deontay Foreman was a big part of that. He was the monster, right? It, he was the smash, and Chuba was the dash, if we're going to go with that. But um, we also don't have uh, the full complement of the offensive line that was, uh, you know, to set that up. We don't have Austin Corbett. We don't have Brady Christensen. Those guys are still out uh, with injury. So, um, it, that's a big part of it. And today's point, we also don't have Steve Wilkes, um, who was a proponent of running the football. It was ground and pat. If the run game was not working, we were going to lose. More often than not, we were able to will our way through games just by dictating. And that's what I was going back to my earlier point. We're not dictating our offense. We're allowing others to dictate what we do. And that's a big part of why we're losing. I think we're overthinking it. But Dave is spot on. I mean, with Steve Wilkes, no, uh, no, uh, Deonta Foreman. That's not going to happen this this year. So it's going to be a different Carolina Panthers team. The other thing that I was seeing from Bryce, especially against the Vikings, is he was trying to do his magic dancing away from people, which he did at Alabama. And you know, when when one rusher beats the line, he's coming at you. Bryce can dance away from that guy. The problem in the Vikings game is that there was two or three there. Like you can beat one and you can't beat the rest or you try and beat one. You don't quite get it right. And you're holding the ball a bit loosely. And that was a rough play in itself. But ignoring that, when Bryce is anticipating things and throwing the ball, it's coming out hot, on time, very accurately to the receivers. It feels like I watched him play against the Vikings and I thought he's played really well. Am I, am I completely deluded? Because like the PFF grade would say that he's having a bad season. You have a look at the QB rankings. It doesn't look like he's having a very good season if you listen to the national media. And I watched him with my own two eyes and I saw the, the fumble. Okay, fine. It's a rookie mistake. Who cares? From what actually happened in the game, the passes that he threw, it looked good. Especially when he was throwing down the field. Like throwing 10, 15, 20 yards down the field in that intermediate range. Especially to Thielen. The chemistry was there. The catching was really good from Thielen. The route running was good. A couple of times there were some coverage sacks out there which didn't help him. I thought he looked great. Am I, am I completely mad? Hey. I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, it's yeah. I'll I'll defer the shot here, man. All right. So I mean, I, I can go on and on about this because I don't think Bryce is the problem. I, I agree with. Uh, with your assessment, I think Bryce played absolutely well. Uh, he played well enough outside of the fumble. Um, he's going to make those mistakes. He's made a couple of those mistakes, right? He's turned the football over uh, in the, fir- the first game in Atlanta. He kind of threw that one away. Um, and so he's making his mistakes. Those rookie mistakes, they happen. Uh, but more often than not, Bryce is, is is spot on. He's He is doing what he needs to do from an individual standpoint. Unfortunately, this is the ultimate team sport. You have to have everybody playing well. And when your receivers, you know, aren't separated, I mean, the, the reason why, if you go and we've been on our show, we pull up the next gen stats and we we go through the separation and we go through everything. And uh, this game was the only game that we've had, I think, all of our guys above, except for one, above the league average for separation. And that's because they were doing the, you know, the screen passes behind line scrimmage and stuff like that. So, um, I think that if you look outside of that game, there's been no other guys 
even meeting the league average in regards to separation, right? So our receivers are not helping, which is why you see, uh, you know, uh, all over the the, the Twitter verse that hey, we're or X verse, whatever we're calling it, that hey, the the wide the Panthers are looking for a wide receiver. It's because none of our guys uh, are doing outside of Thielen. I mean, Thielen is Thielen, but he's also thirty three. He's getting up there. He's he's a he's a problem, but. You shut him down, you basically eliminate the entire pass game with the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, Chark, we we you I mean, you guys know about Chark. I mean, he's when he's he's gonna give you a couple flashes every now and then, but it's just not he's not consistent. Terrace Marshall is disappointing. Uh, you know, Mingo is all concussion, so I'm not sure if he'll be playing the game. The wide receiving core is below mid. And until that steps up, until those guys start to meet the expectations. It's going to be tough. For, it's going to be a tough year for Bryce, and this is the problem for the Carolina Panthers because you now you're stunting his growth. You're wasting a year of development, and that it becomes critical. So that's why we're on. We're looking for a wide receiver. And just real quick on Thielen, and I did. We talked about this on our show last week. Is coming into the or um, on uh, Monday or Tuesday? Excuse me. Coming into the show or coming into this season, you know, I said that if Thielen is our number one wide receiver, we have problems. We're going to have problems. If he's the lead wide receiver, we're going to have problems. And that's what's happening right now. What feeling is going to be a, is an excellent compliment. Great number two. But him, for him to be the guy is just too, it's too much for him at his age. I, I just don't think it's, it's a viable option there. So we need to get another guy. Sorry, long-winded answer. No, no, no. Perfect answer. I, I completely agree. I mean, you look at the way that he left Minnesota. They were saying, we don't want to pay you to be a number three because we're replacing you. So having that guy be your number one is not the best place to be. And we know all about Adam Thielen and he's a very good receiver, but like you say, he's a compliment, not a lead. Um, just want to give a big it, shout just out real, to... Just real quick, yeah? real quick, my apologies, because that's the story of the Carolina... You, you mentioned it right there. That's the story of the Carolina Panthers. We're trying to take others' trash and turn it into something. We've consistently tried to do that over the past couple of years. We know about that. Trash. Not, Thielen's not... No, tr- no, uh, okay, not trash. Not trash. Yeah. I mean, that's a it's, a... it's a saying. That's not what I mean. But okay. when when another when another team is and it's a great point the way Matthew said it we're not going to pay you to be number three but oh look at the Carolina Panthers he's their one right look at my look at Miles Sanders right the, the Eagles weren't going to the Eagles weren't going to pay him oh the Carolina Panthers will well, you know he'll he'll be their guy like that's what we've been doing over the oh Sam Darnold he uh, he's not oh we'll take him Baker Mayfield oh he's oh we'll we'll give it a shot. It's, it, it just goes – I mean, I could go on and on and on about how we have taken on others mid and tried to make them into something that they're not. You know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. with Chark, you know, Chark, you got – same thing. It's the exact same thing. Chark should have been the one, but he couldn't stay healthy to do it. No, unfortunately. Uh, thank you to Grandizer, who has super chatted with two bucks. He has said, I want you to pod. Please pod, Rashad. So he's he's all about it. And thank you to Big Airy 70 as well. 21st month subscribed with Twitch at Tier 1. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Talking about people off the scrap peep, you're talking to the right team right now about scrap peep because our team has all about, been about that the last two years. And the problem with it is I think that you guys are doing it without a massive plan in place right now. And the Lions have done it with a plan. If you have a look at the guys that we've picked up off the scrap peep, I'll list them out now. Craig Reynolds, he's uh, a running back three, but he's been very productive when he's been on the field. Fans love him, always seems to get like six, seven yards of carry when he touches the ball. Can't understand why he doesn't get more carries, to be honest. 
Uh, Khalif Raymond picked up off wa- uh, waivers from the Titans two years ago, all pro punt returner, but now is getting paid like a wide receiver too because he's legit and he's really, really good, actually. One of the fastest guys on the team. Get separation. Fantastic guy. Josh Reynolds picked up off of waivers after being cut midseason last uh, two years ago. He's now a viable wide receiver too. You have got people like, uh, so we Vitae was a high-priced free agent, but he was a free agent at the time. David Montgomery was a free agent. You have a look at people like Charles Harris. He was on a one-way ticket out of the league until we picked him up as a former first-round pick. He is a starting pass rusher for us right now. Our whole team is littered with UDFAs and people like them. John Kaminsky, one of the most effective edge rushes in all of football this year. And he was someone picked off of waivers from the Falcons. So you guys want to do this project, and you absolutely can. There's no reason to think that you can't turn rags to riches, but it has to be part of like an overall vision. And I'm not seeing that right now from you guys. It, it, you know what it boils down to? It boils down to coaching. If you're going to get these guys, you got to be able to coach them. And, and to Reich's credit, and I, I give him a little bit of a pass in that a little bit of grace, as we say on our, on our show, a little, little bit of grace. And that it is only it is only four. This is the fifth game, right? It, like we haven't fully seen him implement, and he is working with you know others, other players that he may not you know mesh with yet. He may not. He's working with scraps essentially until he can fully get his complement of guys in here. We won't know what it's like, and so I'll give him a, a little bit of a of some grace there. That until the season is fully over, we can come, we can step back and say, all right. You know, maybe we did. He started out rough, but it got better during. That's mm. and that's what we want to see. We're not. I, and me, I can only speak for myself. I wasn't looking for the Carolina Panthers to make the playoffs and win. That's Dave. Dave was the one saying that. I I just want to see progression. I want to see Bryce get better. I want to see us go into next season, guns are blazing, and we're gonna be the team to beat. Right now, that does not look like it's anywhere going to be in our future. For the, I don't see it happening. But that's what I want to see. It's all about progression. And it, it all boils down to coaching. We hired this all-star coaching staff. You know, Jim Caldwell, you guys are familiar with. You know, we got all these guys on our staff that are, you know, Ishiro Ivaro, Thomas Brown, uh, you know, Sean Jefferson. All, I mean, we got the, the you name it. I mean, we got, got the Dom Capers, bro. Staff. Dom Capers. Dom I mean, Capers. you name it. You name it. Dom they're Capers on our coaching well. staff. Mm. Exactly. You name it. They're on our staff. And for us to get out here and not be able to put it together on the offensive side specifically, because our defense is playing really well considering mm-hmm. all the injuries we're dealing with. Our, in the, our our defense has been depleted with injuries, but they're still playing extremely well and should be considered. Like, they are playing really well. Our run defense is a little – they're going to be tested in this Lions game, but run defense is a, a little a little suspect. But they're, they're bend but don't break defense. They're not giving up a ton of points. The pass defense is really good. Even considering no J.C. Horn, no Dante Jackson, they've been playing really well. Uh, but the offensive side of football has just not come along. So the coaching has got to be better. And it all boils down, like you said, a plan. It just boils down to, for us, coaching. And we haven't seen it yet. Maybe a little bit of luck as well. Someone's just mentioned Jared Goff. That was a scrappy redemption story as well. Um, let's move on to the defense, because I haven't talked about the stats for these guys yet for the Panthers. Uh, tackle Derek Brown, leader in tackles of 23, PFF grade of 79.4. He's been doing some good and might, stuff. And might I add, as interior defensive tackle too, leading yeah. us in tackle. Mm. Interior defense, that's that's super impressive. He's yeah. the guy to watch. He's a monster, super disrespected. 
My bad. You can keep going. So, no, no, no. I don't worry. I mean, there's plenty of Lions We got to put some respect. We got to put some respect on Derek Brown for sure. There's still plenty of Lions fans who remember when we took Jeff Okuda and they wanted him at three in that draft. Still would have been too rich for my blood, but it would have been a better pick. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Uh, best player on the team, potentially Brian Burns, outside linebacker. Three sacks this year, 14 tackles, five tackles for a loss, a forced fumble, PFF grade 68. Uh, CJ Henderson's the lead corner at the moment. Uh, one pass defense, 15 tackles, PFF grade 51.9. Von Bell, high-priced free agent from the Bengals. One interception, one pass defended, one sack, 18 tackles, PFF grade 61. Other good grades in there, Xavier Woods. Doesn't look like he's going to play, but 84 yeah. grade in there. Frankie Louvu's got a 71. Jeremy Chin's Beast. got a 70. What a, what a sack he had in the game previously when he just came straight through the middle of the formation. That was beautiful. Um, poorer grades on defense. Dante Jackson, the corner with a 50 grade. And Deshaun Williams, the defensive tackle with 49 grade. You said about the defense, and I, I was talking about offensive efficiency. You guys are really good on third down on offense, like 13th in the league. They are third on defense, the Carolina Panthers. Third, 13 conversions on 47 attempts, 27.7%. On fourth down, two of three, so they barely face fourth down, 66.7% is 20th. Red zone, they've given up nine touchdowns on 15 trips to 16%. That's middle of the pack, 17th overall. So it's a much better story on defense, despite you guys being banged up. And we've gone through the depth chart and the starters. But when you've got people like Von Bear and Jeremy Chin and CJ Henderson and Frankie Louvu, there's lots of stuff you can dial up here. Ito Gross Matos seems to have woken up as well this season. He's someone who's kind of been back up there or thereabouts. And he, I think he's come alive this season. Oh yeah, he has. And shout out to Ito because we, he was uh, on the, on the, on the bad block. guys list. Yeah, he was, he, yo, we were, disappointed with I didn't him. think he was going to make the team. I was wow. starting to yeah. think if he even had a slot on the team. That's how bad yeah. he's been. It was because bad. there was he, other folks stepping up. Yeah, he he's been bad and this year with with Israel Ivaro and his system playing interior three tech, he's been playing really well. Um he's been getting after the quarterback. Uh that's something we have not seen even with him at Penn State. He was more of a run-stopping guy and he's been getting after the quarterback. He's really good against the run. So he's a guy that's been playing well. You got to keep an eye on him. Might, might have to start considering him and game planning for him. Brian Burns is not happy right now with the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Obviously, he's looking to cash in. He's playing with a little bit of a chip. Uh, you know, there's been, his day has been tossed around in trade talks. I don't know how serious that is, but, um, you know, Brian Burns is somebody you definitely have to account for. Uh, he hasn't been very active from a sack perspective the past couple of games. Two of his three sacks came in one game. Um, so he, he's been, and that was the very first game. So pe- teams are starting to game plan, starting to eliminate him from, uh, from it. And it's allowing others like Yitor Gosmatos to step up. Still got Justin Houston as well as a veteran edge rusher. Who you did not mention. He's very good. Uh, I want to take a, a brief second to recognize Frankie Lugu because you, you, you kind of skipped over him. And I'm, I'm mm. telling y'all right now, this dude is a problem. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to mm-hmm. see him. You're going to see him on Sunday, and you're going to be like, "Who is this number forty-nine dude? You know, who's this Polynesian guy? He, he is a, he's a problem. He's been all over the field. Uh, it's a contract year for him. He is going to get paid. He's a beast. So he's a problem. And shout out to his his uh his Polynesian brethren in Kamu Gruje Hill who took over. Gruget. For, uh, I did get it right. Gruget. I did get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Kamu <laughs> Gruje Hill. 
and uh, he has uh, taken over for Shaq Thompson, right? We didn't talk about Shaq Thompson. He's injured. Been playing great. He's been doing – Kamu has been doing exactly what he did in preseason. He's been – he's got – he had interception last week off a tip pass. He's been playing really well. Backups. He's a backups, right? So Kamu is a backup who's playing well. Don, I mean, uh, C.J. Henderson is a backup who's playing okay considering the circumstances, not playing to his top 10, you know, pick as he we think he should. But he's he's a decent, decent quarterback. He can get beat. He's liable to get beat every now and then. He's not perfect, but he's playing well. Uh, Deshaun Jameson is another guy who had a really good game last week. He's just off the – I mean, these are guys that are, that are nobody, right, and they're playing pretty well. Um, so, I, again, the defense is going to – they're going to play well. Uh, I think stopping the run is going to be a problem. I think we're going to dial up some things to slow it down a little bit. Maybe it will – there will be some chess games played out there uh, with you guys and, 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 you know, us stopping the run. Hopefully we can slow it down. We do have a bend, but don't break defense. We're going to give up some yards, but you're going to take three at the end of the drive for sure. I was giving some love to Frankie Louvu earlier on. I mean, that guy has done it in back-to-back seasons now. Like last year was super impressive for him as well, if I remember rightly. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a breakout year. I'm um, just looking at the stats now. So in 2021, he played... 16 games, but only started four, had 43 tackles, one and a half sacks. 2022, started 14 out of 15 games, 111 tackles, seven sacks. And then this year, he's kind of carried on where he left off two and a half sacks, 23 tackles. Like, the guy flies around the field with almost reckless abandon, and yet he still manages to get his coverage assignments right as well. Like, I completely agree with you. I I love this guy. He's going to get that Shaq Thompson money, like he is. Yeah, I think just going to add in a little bit of context to your stats in 2021, uh, he was playing behind Hassan Reddick. So there was no there was no room for him. He was more so of a special teams guy, rotational guy, get in there. And he was effective even in the limited snaps that he I mean, he played all the games, but he's a rotational guy. Then in 2021, he takes over full time. Do you see the sack numbers go up? The guy is a perfect comment. I mean, he is ex- an excellent pass rusher and he is even better in coverage like that's the scary part about him he can play he's like the perfect combination uh not enough credit for frankie Lou. i think he's a really really good linebacker the people that are just starting to figure out who he is um and shout out to the jets for letting us uh snag him off of their uh squad well i think he uh was a free agent they let him um, become a free agent we we picked him up and uh yeah he's been a hell of a guy uh and i, I love frankie Lou. he's the energy he he you see him out there running around you know He's plays with a lot of energy. Him and uh, Kamu Grugier Hill, both of those guys, man, they're really we love them both. Just having a look at my notes from the the Vikings game because you guys got off to a good start, ten nothing up quite early on in the game. Nice pick six on defense after Cousins threw the laziest pass I've seen in some time, and. I don't know. I like the coverage that you guys are throwing at them. You were pressuring them early. The defense, your defense seems to be very aggressive. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, get in their face, man to man quite a lot, but then mixing a bit of zone to try and confuse them. And, you know, the Vikings really struggle to get stuff going on you guys for some time. And yet, whenever Madison touched the ball, run through the middle, seemed like you guys were struggling to stop that a little bit. Yeah, definitely struggling to stop the run. Um, and it, it that's just because the scheme is susceptible to the run and uh, we play a three, three, four base. Uh, so it's just, mm-hmm. it's just susceptible. That's just, it's just the way the game is played. I mean, that's just, when you have those gaps, it's just easy to get through them. And uh, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll be better. I think they'll, I trust Israel, Evero and his scheme. They'll be better uh, in this, in this matchup against the Lions. but yeah, 
in that game, we 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 uh, sacrificed stopping Jefferson and company and allowed the run to happen. That's basically what I think um, uh, Israel was doing. Um, and so we again, you, you talk about Madison getting off, but on the opposite end of that, Justin Jefferson was we. That's the first time he's ever been held under 100 yards all season. In fact, it's the first time he's been held under 140 yards all season. To be honest with you, um, he did get two touchdowns, but under he only had 88 receiving yards. That's because we gave it up on the ground. So we're we're willing to sacrifice certain things. Um, and, you know, and, and we're gonna give again. It's a bend but don't break defense. We're gonna allow you to move the football, but at the end of the day. There's a good chance you're coming away with three points, and hopefully our offense can cap. That's been the problem, right? So you say we we started off with ten; it was ten to three, right? We we should have it should have been fourteen. We had three cracks at it in the end zone, in the red zone, excuse me, at like the three yard line. It couldn't convert. Had some penalties. Guys can't catch in the end zone, and so our offense just lets us down continuously. So until that offense meets us halfway, uh, we're going to continue to lose games. Our defense does their part consistently, and the way our the game script has remained the same all four games. Each and every game, we're in it all the way into the third quarter. Midway through the third quarter, the, the wheels fall off. Fourth quarter, we lose the lead, game over. It's happened every single game. It's We're going to play tough. We are. You're going to see a tough – the first half, you're going to see a very tough – man. we might even have the lead. We might even have a lead. But come midway last, through that third, it's over. Last year, we killed our chances in the third quarter. I mean, when the Matt Rule era, it was the third quarter. After halftime, the third quarter, that'll be it. The third quarter would change everything. Would, that's when the fade happens in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. This year, it's the fourth quarter. So, one of those. If things. you want to call that progress, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So the thing yeah. with Jefferson was, you know, the the final touchdown was on a caught offsides free play where Cousins just chucked up a 30-70 ball and Jefferson goes and gets it, which is harsh. But the red zone trip that you mentioned, if I remember the plays rightly, it was inside run, inside run, inside run, inside run, inside run. And it's like, I remember the Lions doing that. And talking about the Lions doing that, Ryan McCluskey has uh, joined this show, fresh from his conversation with the new sensation on the podcasting, Dan Pask. So if you want to have another bit of Lions conversation you guys at home go and check out Dan Pass show on Twitch with Ryan after this Ryan did you watch the Vikings Panthers game what what did you make of our opponents on Sunday I did watch some of it yeah I saw I think the kindest way to say it is teething issues Bryce Young which were to be expected like you say I I know what he's about I know that he needs protection I saw a shaky O-line, especially in pass protection. Like I say they definitely didn't help them. I saw our old nemesis, uh, Adam Thielen, who I think will probably be again on Sunday. Like I said, I hate playing that dude. He just finds soft zones. He just sits there and makes himself available. He's a, he, he's a crafty, savvy veteran. He had himself another good game, and he looks like a good addition. Uh, Brian Burns. Well, they, he's just a problem for the league, and he like say he's just one of the up and coming now, say dominant pass rushers. Uh, Jeremy Chin, like say a very versatile defensive back, someone that uh, I see is used in a lot of ways, a bit of a Swiss Army knife. So, yeah, it was a it was a close game, and I feel like it could have gone either way in the end. And as you mentioned, third quarters, I've seen the Lions struggling a lot of third quarters this year too. Like say we come out of the half slow. Like I say we reach a lull, like whatever said or anything, they get too relaxed. So 
I'm not expecting many third, third quarter points on Sunday between either of us until we get back into a rhythm. But yeah, it was definitely a, a fairly even contest for the most part. Uh, other note, I had Eddie Pinheiro hit his career-long 56 yards at the end of the first half. The reason why he was kicking a 56-yarder was just yeah. weird to me. You guys talked about clock management, and just to highlight this, I mean, you guys are taking the snap on two seconds or less every single time. I don't know what it is with getting in the huddle and calling plays, but there seems to be a struggle with with Bryce just calling the plays, potentially, or receiving the plays in from the sideline and again disseminating them to the team. But more than that, you guys were... You intercepted it from Cousins, got the ball about midfield with like 45 seconds left and two timeouts. Run a play, caught in field, timeout isn't taken. Takes 30 seconds to get the playoff. Like, what the hell is going on? I have no that's idea. How great, that's how that's a great offensive-minded coach. Well, yeah, Frank Riker isn't exactly known for his good clock management. I do know that. But that was horrific. I mean, yeah, you left it, a timeout on the table. That should be, that should be, a, that should be an interview question. And, How's and your not, clock management? And not only that, not only that is that when you listen to the press conference, what's more demoralizing to me is how he answered the question of because they asked him about that, and he goes, "Oh yeah, Eddie bailed me out. Uh, you know, he kicked the fifty-six yard field goal, and he he answered the question that yeah, we you know I would have loved to gotten a little bit closer uh, for him to make the field goal easier. No, sir, we should have scored. Like you should you should be playing to score in that situation. We were close. Like we were in." at like the 35 yard line if we would have called that timeout there would have been like 30 something seconds left mm-hmm. you're in striking distance to score and you're thinking about a field goal like that, that's not what i want my offensive minded coach thinking about and so that's what gets me upset when you talk because when i i, I dave knows i pounded the table for offensive minded guy and when i did that this is not what i i thought i wanted an aggressive uh a guy that thinks out the box knows how to manage the clock and that's the complete opposite of what we saw in that because that could have we could have went to the half up what it should have been 14 no uh what yeah 14 nothing uh at the half or something 14 3 at the half or something like that and like yeah. it's stuff like that that's how you lose games right and so you look mm-hmm. I, you can go back into each and every one of our games and find something like that to say all right that's why they lost like you could find that one completely blew it moment all right that's that's it and you can you can you, you can almost see it in every single game like man these guys are that's it. The game's over. Because no, nah, I mean, you, you like, know it's where just, it's gonna go from there. I just remember. I just remember during the halftime spaces that uh, Sheena Quick and Vashti Hurt does for Keep Blitzing, and I always go to them when I'm not. If I'm available, I try to hop in during halftime. And the my man Cam, the first thing Cam said was, "We gonna lose this game. We haven't done anything yep. to, to, to. There's nothing that I've seen." That tells me that we're going to win this game. It was like the only reason why we're winning this game is because Sam Franklin had to run a 99-yard interception return. And the first half was the, the end of the first half was discussed. And then it bit us in the ass again at the end of the second, at the end of the game. Because it was poor clock management. I mean, equally, he had a burner, though, he had a burner timeout that... because he didn't, he had a burner timeout because he didn't know Adam Thielen was then on the field. But then the price and he young... actually admitted it. The Bryce Young fumble six, though, happened in the red zone. And if you guys kick a field goal there instead of giving up seven, that's a 10-point swing. You've lost by eight and you win the game on that point. So I hear what you're saying with the Cousins pick six and, you know, you you only were in the game because of that. But equally, you can say that about the Vikings as well. 
Exactly. I think it's hundred percent accurate statement. So and just going back to your point about Bryce and and the and the plays and two seconds left on the clock. Bryce is a Bryce is a processor. He wants to see, he wants to be able to adjust audible out. He does a lot of audible. Like he'll change the play a lot. And so I think that's where he, he's got to speed up in his head. All right, I gotta move a little bit quicker. Um, so I think that's just a rookie thing. He'll get that'll get better uh, as the season progresses, but um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't ring the alarm too too crazy about that. Bryce is just trying to see what's going on, and he's trying to adjust last minute. And the the play clock is running down, and we eventually get it off. But as long as he's able to see and process, make the right decision, I think that's most important. Going to go through some key matchups, then about the keys to victory and a score prediction to finish off. So first up on key matchups, I've got Panthers O line versus Lions D line, and. Obviously, this is going to rely you guys on a bit of knowledge of the other team's issues and strengths. So, Dave, I don't know whether you've seen much from the Lions defensive line this year. Hutchinson's having a pretty good year. Some of the other guys are contributing pretty well. How do you see that specific matchup going on Sunday? If it depends on the, if the violence schedule to start at, at left guard. I'm afraid. And I'm afraid. Like, I, 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 you guys are becoming more of a complete team week by week. Um, I picked y'all to beat the Chiefs week one. So I I I I'm a believer in how Dan Campbell coaches and I believe in y'all in y'all in y'all front. Uh Ace Aiden Hutchinson is freaking outstanding. I'm I'm very concerned that our offensive line is not gonna be able to handle that. Um you know I'm just I'm just worried about it. I'm just very concerned. And the fact that we can't run the ball doesn't help. Uh, Rishal, do you agree with that sentiment? I mean, I feel like there's a way for the Panthers online to get back here. It's not been great, but, you know, keeping the guys, the chemistry in there, coaching them up a little bit, it, it can't keep being like this, can it? I know Savala's had it rough so far, but he's a rookie. The learning curve's going to be steep. Yeah, I think, you know, Zavala is definitely the weak leak of our, our offensive line. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to get better anytime soon. It doesn't seem like it. Um, you know, Icky's having his struggles. Uh, so wherever I'm not sure what side Aiden lines up on, but uh, it could be it could be problematic. Um, you know, uh, Taylor Moten is pretty solid. He's not the greatest. He's not the worst either. You know, he's very steady. Throckmorton's pretty cool. Uh, he's been playing well considering the circumstances. We just picked him up off off the street. Uh, he's been playing well. Uh, Bozeman is, is solid as well. I, we've got a. Their offensive line was really good, and they were really good in the run last year. And I think because we're switching to this zone read, uh, it, it or the zone run, it's it's tough. It, it's tough for a tough transition for them. And uh, I'm hoping that it gets better. But yeah, it the game is going to be, and, and you can say this about every game. It's going to be one lost in the trenches. If we can move the football on the ground, it could be probably because then the play action opens up, and I think that's get Bryce on the run, him moving, him you know moving the pocket. That's where it gets dangerous, and we have yet to see it. But if we ever do, I think that's when you start to see this Panthers offense really get to work. So it all predicates off the run. If we can get 100-plus rushing yards from our running backs, I mean, I, I don't see it happening. But if it does happen, it could be a winnable game. Ryan, specifically on this point, the run-up to this game feels so like the run-up to the game last year against Carolina because I was just about to say – the Lions in the last few weeks have been one of the best teams against the run in the league. In fact, they are the number one rush defense team in the NFL right now. 
we did really good stuff against the run before the Panthers game last year. We held Saquon to basically nothing, if you remember, and running up to that game just before then, oh, we've turned the corner, and then the Panthers game happened. Can it happen again? I mean, we're doing so well right now against the uh, against the run, but we've been known to shit the bed every now and again. Oh, it can absolutely happen again. I literally just told Dan Pask, I'm worried. I, this is a trap game if I've ever seen one. Like 10 points favourites, that feels way too generous. I don't like that number at all. That feels like people are already looking past the Panthers towards Tampa Bay. And that, if anyone on the field does that, we're going to get hurt. Yeah, Don Tafalman, like I said last year, he kicked our ass. Like I said, he put his foot in the ground and he wasn't even doing flashy stuff. Like I said, it was like cuts. It was reverses, putting his foot in the line, planting, and then just taking off. And tackling as well last year against the Panthers defense, missed tackles against the running backs. Like we've seen this year, like I say, we do lead the lead, like I say, run defense, but we have seen some poor attempts at tackling. We've seen some uh, broken tackles that have been forced. I know Miles Sanders has been like a bit gimpy and limiting practice this week, but I've seen the best of him. I've seen what he can do on his day. And on his day, he is good enough. And that line is steady enough to to gash us if we are not capable. And if we go all out to stack the box, a matchup for me that kind of worries me is DJ Chark and Jerry Jacobs. Jerry does not like big-bodied receivers that can draw pass interference and hold pin penalties from him. Like I say we saw like Chark do like what was it the double spin move? Like say when he got down scored, like he is super athletic. He's fast. He's strong. Kind of miss him. I feel like he'd be flourishing right now. Like I really like DJ and what he offers. So that's a matchup that can be exploited if we do try to take away the run game and nullify it completely. Yeah, actually, DJ Chark versus Jerry Jacobs is the last thing on my prep sheet. So you you absolutely preempted that. But let me come back to the trenches and go back down the lines. So I'm going to start with you, Ryan. Lions offensive line and specifically David Montgomery behind it versus this Panthers D line. We know that the Panthers defense is pretty frisky. It's bend, don't break. Up front, you've got, you know, uh, Derek Brown. You've got some really good outside linebackers and some inside linebackers too. They're set up to meet this sort of thing. But our rushing offense has been rolling. David Montgomery coming off a career game, you know, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Who has the advantage in this matchup? I'm going to say we just have the matchup on the edge right now because I've seen a lot of, like, say, uh, traps. I've seen a lot of guard leads. Like, say, we've seen Sewell and Jonah Jackson successfully getting to the second and third level in the last few weeks and helping Monty. And also they're dragging him too. Like I say, it's, it's gang warfare right now. Our offensive line is working as a unit. It's pushing the pile. It's not being pushed when they do get towards the first down marker. So, yeah, Joan has been fantastic. He has been on so many like lead block runs for David. He is getting out there. He's meeting linebackers and safeties. He's going to have to do a lot of that on Sunday. Like I say, Frankie Lubu plays like Jeremy Chin wants to come down hard and fast. He does. He's like a torpedo when he gets up to speed and he can really knife through and help in the run support. So I feel like a lot of like say extra tight end chipping. It's going to be, a, we're going to have our work cut out for running the ball on Sunday. But David right now, looks as shifty as ever and bringing him down. Like I say, what, does he lead the league in missed tackles? Forced? Or he's in like top two or three? He's, I think he's, he's up there. there. Yeah. yeah, he's got like... And he's missed the game. Yeah, he, he right now is like 
he's like a bar of soap. You get hands on him and he just he just slips right through. So yeah, Panthers, if they get hold of him, they're gonna have to keep hold of him or it's gonna be a long old day. Rashad, do you do you agree? I mean, this is a matchup that I think is far more even than the last one. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think it's pretty even. I think that um, you know, we did allow Madison to go off on us, but I think that that was again, that was a part of the game plan, right? Don't don't take that as we can't play the run because we can. I think we were just allowing, uh, you know, we were selling out uh, to stop the run. Here, I think it's gonna be a little bit different. I think we're gonna. I think we're going to be able to slow you down. The question is whether we get gashed through the air, right? I think we'll be able to slow down the rushing attack. And to be honest with you, I'm going to be – I looked at the defenses y'all play. I'm going to be honest. We're going to be the toughest match y'all seen defensively. I'm not saying as a game, as an entire game. I think our offense is not is not up to the te- up to the test, up to the challenge right now. No, it's not. But defensively, this is going to – even with all of our injuries, and I may, this may come back to bite me straight up in the, in the you-know-what. But I think this is going to be the toughest test y'all see all season so far. And it's only five games. But I think it's going to be a tough test for you guys. We got athletes, those guys, sideline and sideline. We're going to be able to get there. Um, and so can we can we stop it? Probably not, but we will be able to slow it down. I, 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 I'm, I'm not going to go on. I, I'll go out on a limb and say this. I don't think Montgomery's going to get over 100 against us. I'll say that. Dave, do you agree? I'll just put him back. I'll just put him back in my starting lineup, man. So I don't know if I can fully agree <laughs> with that. Oh man, he was on my bench last week when he got the three TDs. I was not oh, a happy camper last week. I bet but... you went. <laughs> um, nah, but I, I, I think we are gonna. I think I agree with Rashad from the standpoint of what we were trying to strategize last week against Minnesota. But at the same time, I think it'll be close. I think Montgomery's going to hit the pine. Though. I think he's going to score. But I could see a scenario where he get a touchdown, but he don't hit hundred yards. I could absolutely see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Um, let's flip it over to your receivers against our DBs and, and linebackers. Yeah. I mean, Ryan was all over to- the place. Dealing, baby. Dealing, baby. It. Whatever so- matchup you can say, you're gonna get it. Dealing is gonna eat. Outside of that, I can't. Nothing. It's y'all Nothing. win. I, I can see. <laughs> the lack of faith in in DJ Chark, especially when Ryan was talking him up just a minute ago. He, he hasn't shown us anything. And if he does show us something, he gets hurt. He hasn't shown us anything. I liked yeah, him in training had, camp when he was healthy, though. He's, he's had some flashes. Don't get me wrong. He had a beautiful catch against Seattle. Um, but and it's not entirely him. I don't think it's entirely him as an individual. Yeah. I just think that it, it hasn't gelled just yet. And no, maybe it will. That. Maybe it will down the road. Uh, but right now it just it 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 wouldn't it's not together. It's also, and Rashad might not don't want to say it, but I'll say it. It's also the fact that, you know, we haven't really thrown the ball that far. Like Bryce yeah, hasn't really thrown the ball it. that far. Like I he he probably takes maybe three shots past 20 yards a game. And that's that's Chark swim lanes. He won't get yeah, and he won't get that much opportunity to do so. The offense doesn't dictate Chalk to have a big game. That's the reality of it. Um, so you know, and I kind of warned folks about it that because we out here, I I think I called uh, Frank Wright the 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 offensive Ron Rivera without the success is what I called Frank Wright the other day. Oh. That's what I called him the other day. Because oh, that's what he is right now. Riverboat Ron. What's but the what's difference? Wrong is, the difference success? is 
Yeah. I mean, but I'm just, but what Ron with success is playoff appearances, division titles, Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, yeah, it, but historically, like, he's on the hot seat and he's probably not returning to Washington. So, mm, we'll see. They look good so far. Keep it a buck. I know yeah. that, man. How I'll take what they got going on physically right now. At least Sam mm. Howell throw the ball past 20 yards. Like, like, just today's, today's point right there, just today's point. Uh, we only have Bryce specifically only has four attempts over 20 yards, right? In three games. Four. That's well, it. So when Andy you talk Dalton about DJ had, Chark, Andy might have had more in that one Andy game. Andy has seven ball. in one game. He has seven in one game, past twenty yards. I'd be more so, worried about this game if Dalton was playing. I actually would fear Dalton more. Bro, I'd say he's be, more. Bro, I, he's I, way I, more. I, so the handbrake is just off with Andy, isn't it? He's just a, yeah. He's a young, that's he's exactly gamer. right. That's exactly right. And we said it last week. And this is not not a shot against Bryce. I no. love Bryce. I just don't think he's. I don't think the marriage between him and Wright. I don't think he fully wants to let the reins loose. I feel I firmly believe this that if Andy Dalton played last week against the Vikings, we win. We destroy the Vikings. Yeah, we I agree with them. you. I mean, the Vikings weren't good. They were. They, they were not good. So, yeah, it's one of the. So, the thing is, they had the offensive production, but when it came to it, like with every game this season, the Vikings punched themselves in the mouth by fumbling it by interceptions which caused by the defense there's nothing the vikings are doing they're playing defenses that are performing against them and you absolutely did that i mean you were forcing the turnovers so i don't see that being a problem but yeah so yeah. until until the reins are let off of bryce or whatever is happening and I, I don't know what it is i can't i can't tell you what it is but it's obvious that what dalton is doing with the offense is completely different from what bryce is doing with the offense and until Bryce is allowed to do what he needs to do, or if it's if he's just not ready, it could be that Bryce is just not ready. If he, it, but if he plays up to that, and he plays to the level that Frank anticipates him to, so that he can open up the playbook. If mm. he does that, maybe we're going to be great. But if not, we're going to struggle on offense, and we're we're never we're not going to know it until it eventually clicks. I really think that. Cam Sutton versus Adam Thielen is just a really interesting matchup because we we mentioned, Ryan mentioned DJ Chark and Jerry Jacobs, both physical people have their limitations. But Thielen versus Cam Sutton, two slower players who can run both run routes really well. And I mean, Cam Sutton's had a great year so far without jumping off the page, no interceptions, but solid, Ryan, I think is probably the word for him. And I think that that's it's really going to be interesting because I can see Thielen get catches, but I can't see him popping off against Sutton. I don't know about you. I think Sutton will put a blanket round him, but I expect him to give up receptions. He's more of a, like you say, a guy that will give up six out of 10 balls, but for like 40 yards, that's kind of his niche. Like he lets you catch the ball and then he instantly brings you down. Mm-hmm. Like I say, he's kind of that guy where, so Thielen, like you say, very tidy crisp breaks in and out can also sometimes like you say a bit of a double touch bit of deviation he's going to test cam sutton's concentration him reading in the hips or in the feet so yeah it will be quite fun to watch two more methodical guys like you say when players take longer to develop that's when adam Phelan kind of comes into his own because guys kind of just they you stop won't be able to take that long <laughs> yeah <laughs> um flipping over to the other side of the ball Got a couple of uh, Lions receivers versus you guys, and I've picked out 
Amon Rasen Brown. Now he hasn't practiced this week, but apparently he's getting a lot of work in on the sidelines. So there's a bit of feeling that he's trending towards playing despite not practicing this week. Let's see if that happens. If he doesn't, this Lions offense is completely different and stunted mm-hmm. beyond belief. So it's a big myth if he doesn't. So assuming he does, I'm assuming that CJ Henderson is going to be the one to just man up on him. And I think that's a really interesting matchup. But the other one I want to highlight is Sam Laporta, who is the leading rookie tight end this year. He's been absolutely sensational in run and yes. pass. And I mean, which guy is he going up against? I mean, I think that Chin might take him, but it could be Frankie Louvu covering him. And I have a really hard time thinking who's going to win that specific matchup. I think Amon Ra is still a mismatch for anyone. But Laporta versus Louvu or Chin, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup, you guys. Go ahead, Dave. You just say something? Listen, man. Um, I am very worried about your tight end. Laporta's legit. I think Chen should be able to take care of it and 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 neutralize him a bit, but I am very worried about your tight end. And I listen. I don't understand why you said say Brown versus C.J. Henderson is going to be a good matchup because if you've been if folks been watching me on PNP, I am not a believer of C.J. Henderson. Shot is. I'm trying to figure out the status of his train. How's your train doing, buddy? It's it's not it's not. I mean, we still. Yeah, I mean, we still it ain't derailed. It ain't derailed yet. So that's a good couple sign. Couple repairs. Couple repairs. Couple repairs. We're, we're still on track. It's in the, <laughs> it's still on the tracks. Okay. It's still on the tracks. But yeah, no. Nah, so I think with Laporta, I don't think there's really been a tight end to gash just like that this year. Uh, I think I think Luvu uh, between Luvu and Chin, they're very athletic guys. I'm not going to say they're going to shut him completely down, but I don't think there's I don't anticipate any monster days from anybody. Uh, if it's going to happen, it's going to be from a wide receiver. If St. Brown plays, I don't think we have any. I mean, I as I'm a CJ Henderson guy, but I'm a realist too. Like CJ's going to give up a couple of plays. He does. He just does. He's always in position, but just cannot seem to get his head around to break the play up. He's always right there, but he just can't complete the the PBU for some reason. Um, so he's going to give up. It'll be a passing, a big passing interference play or something like that. Um, so listen, you're going to, we're going to give up some big plays somewhere. Uh, but again, it's our defense is predicated upon build, but don't uh, bend, but don't break. We're going to give up some plays. It just is what it is, but getting the seven is going to be tough. And I don't know where it's going to come from, but getting the seven is going to be tough. And until the fourth quarter, when we eventually fall off the wheels. Ryan, what do you make of our receivers against their uh, DBs and linebackers? Uh, oh, I like Frankie Lugo. Like you say, he's a he's a super athletic linebacker. Uh, he would he'd flourish here. Like, he's just 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 naturally gifted. Like you say, still side guys, side. man. Don't you see? We need as much help as we can get. Yeah, we need to keep all the guys we can, man. Stop talking <laughs> our guys up. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. See, if Amon Ra even is like only 60 percent, like for me, it's Khalif Raymond. I think that could be the guy that gives CJ Henderson a bit of trouble. Like I say he's fast. He's shifty, could draw some penalties. Like you say, struggle her own. I think Khalif could have a big day if uh, Amon Ra is just you know, feeling the blow, like you say, is a bit uh, not with it. But yeah, I think teams now are going to try neutraling, neutralizing and take away Sam. Like you say, they'll probably get in his face a bit more. I expect Chin will come up and meet him a bit quicker. Like you say, give him a few pops, let him know he's there early on. So that should be a good thing. I think their plan will be to just just, just keep everything in front of them. Yeah. Like I said, if they're, if they're struggling with guys, like I say, not turning the heads, it's like give bigger coverages, 
big giver cushions, keep it for them. And for us, it's like I said, if their bend don't break, we take what they give us. Like I say, if we don't need to take risks, if they give us seven yards, I say, I'll take them. Like I say, I don't need to risk going deep. So I feel like there'll be longer, more thought out drives in the passing game where we'll see like lots of screens, tunnels. Like I say, if they're going to be more off our guys, less pressed, then yeah, we're probably going to do the short, heavy work underneath stuff. Ryan's led me perfectly into the last stretch of the show, which is matchup thoughts, keys to victory, how's it going to proceed, and then the score predictions. So, Dave, going to come back to you. You know, if the Panthers win, how's it going to go? And then how do you actually think the game is going to go? For the Panthers to win, our head coach needs to understand a better concept of clock management, particularly at the end of halves. And I think we have to get a better yards per run, yards, a yard average with our running core, which tells me that we should be playing way more Chuba Hubbard than Miles Sanders this weekend if we have a shot to win. I never thought I would be saying this, but here we are, right? Bryce can't have any turnovers, particularly ones that turn into points. Um, two of our losses asking called. for a lot, man. You asked for a he lot. He asked me a question. <laughs> I'm giving him an answer. All right. Like if you look at Bryce's stat chart from last week, outside of that turnover, it was fine. Outside of that one turnover, it was fine. Give me that with no turnover. And our defense has got to play well. St. Brown is going to be a tough. I'm, I'm now, now you want to talk ask for a lot. Asking CJ Henderson to shut down St. Brown is asking for a lot, but I'm I just want some stability. Good. How about we stop him from getting a touchdown? I anticipate Montgomery's probably going to get one. This a pro- I, I need this to be a low-scoring game, like a 17-14 close type of thing for the Panthers to win this. Now, what I think is going to happen is that we're not going to figure out clock management. Henderson's going to get beat at least once. And, and yeah, he's going to get beat at least once. And Bryce will possibly turn the ball over, and I don't anticipate him getting too many 20-yard pass shots. Um, I, I don't – like, I know that – I know right now the Panthers are 10-point underdogs. I think they'll still cover, but I can see a scenario where they don't cover because we just don't show up in the second half like we've historically been doing. Like, if we're behind at the half, this could get ugly fast, and they'll cover the spread. And then then the Lions will cover the spread at that point. Like, if we're losing in that at halftime, the Lions will cover the spread. That's that, That's how I feel about that. Rashad, do you agree? Is that is that what the Panthers need to do to win? I mean, it's, it is a lot that you're asking. Yeah, he's asking a lot. He, he's asking I, a lot. The, and I, I think I – think I mean, he's right, though. I mean, what he said is right. All those things need to be corrected. I think it really boils down to the run game. If we can get some something from our run game, I'm saying if we can get 125 yards between Chuba and Miles Sanders uh, in that room, if we can get something close to that, then I think it'll open up the offense and allow Bryce to play free. Uh, he won't. He'll have time to throw the football because you're worried about the run. I think that's what needs to happen in order for us to win this game. Defensively, I think they'll be able to hold up just enough. Again, I'm not saying they're going to shut down the Lions at all because, again, you're potent on the on the ground. You got some weapons. You got a, 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 a decent enough offense to get it done, and it, it's better than decent. I shouldn't say decent. Um, but I think you, you can you can get it done, and um, I'm, just con- I'm concerned um, that the run game won't get going and the offensive line won't be there until – until uh until Austin Corbett comes back, which is a few weeks from now, maybe after the bye. 
So I just still don't I don't think we'll be able to get it done. I think 10 points is a lot from from a uh, from a spread uh, perspective. Uh, I do think we eventually lose this game. I think it'll be another close barn burner. Uh, but like as all games have gone, have gone, we will lose it in the fourth quarter. You know, like they said, some clock management issues, turnover, stuff like that. It'll happen in this game and we'll lose uh, a, a close one. Ryan, looking at the other side of it, how are the Lions going to win this one? On offense, it's explosive players. Like I say, Goff leads the league in uh, completion percentage on 20-plus air yard throws, I believe. And, yeah, we want to get in and behind them and deep. They want to get us on third and fourth down, hold us to field goals. We need to work heavily on first and second down. We cannot be in third and 15s because that's where the Panthers' defense will come alive. I said that's where we will struggle. So first and second downs, we need to do the damage. So we need to strike deep. And on defense, the game right now is still too fast for Bryce Young. I said we cannot have him sat in the pocket and trying to decipher and break down and get through his third and second read. So we need to blitz the safeties. But it's the linebackers like Anzalone, Barnes. We need to bring up, like say, guys like uh, uh, Ife. Like I say, if we're able to, like say, get past if they sit an extra tight end of the line and get in the backfield and flush. If Bryce Young is flushed out and constantly running, we win the game because he's not going to be able to do much while he's on the run. But as long as he's sat in the pocket and got some form of an actual protection, he will find guys like Phelan who can be shifty and can be a nice security blanket for him. So, yeah, if we generate pressure, if we get three, four plus sacks on the day, we win. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, one yeah. of them probably gets so. a turnover. And like you say, so that is, we, we've got to go hell for lever and try test that all line that, yeah, has got solid parts, but also there's some weak links. We've just got to go after them, like Zavala. So, that's, that's saying it rather nicely. I've got one more, more than a weak link. I've got one additional fear that I want to bring to the table on the Lions side, which we haven't really spoken about, which is the team and the quarterback, which most resembles the team we're playing on Sunday, is the only team we've lost to this season, which is Seattle Seahawks. I know that Gino is a super accurate quarterback in the short to intermediate range and doesn't throw it deep very often. We face the Seattle Seahawks missing their two starting offensive tackles. I haven't watched that much of that game because I wasn't here, but from what I know, against an offensive line that was banged up and not meant to be very good, and a quarterback who I don't think is very good, but apparently can play. Couldn't get pressure, allowed Gino to walk all over us. Bryce Young is a super accurate quarterback in the short to intermediate range, and we're facing a team that apparently has a banged up and not very good offensive line. I am worried that we come up into this game and we don't get the pressure that we're expecting to, and that Bryce is efficient, marches the ball down the field, slow methodical drives as Ryan was talking about. And this game then, as Dave was talking about, potentially is a, you know, game with not all the points and the Panthers just efficiently putting up some time. And, you know, if our run defense then starts to break because the pass is working, I have some trepidation about this game. I'm not going to come out here and say, I don't think the Lions are favorites for this game because I do, they should be. But there's definitely a path to losing this game for the team. If they take it for granted, they will. So, Take it realistically. Remember last year, get angry about it and smash them. Like, you have to have absolutely no mercy on this team. It's a winless team. It sucks for the Panthers. I picked them to win the division because I thought they were going to be good this year. Oh, much like Dave did. Well, 
because the South sucks, and I thought that you guys were getting better on last year, frankly. But you know, there we go. Like, More come on, me. man. I, like, <laughs> like, look, man. This is this was our division, man. This was it our division be. to lose. Yeah, it was. I mean, this was our division to lose. The same. Now we're gonna lose it. We're gonna definitely yeah. lose it now. I have my trepidation. Anyway, score predictions, fellas. If I come to Dave, Rashad, and then Ryan. Dave? We have two more games before the bye week. I was on Bleacher Report, and I put a poll. Which game would we likely win? Lions? Dolphins or neither. Eighty-two percent said neither. Second place was the the Lions. Third place was the Dolphins. We ain't got we ain't got shot against Miami. Um, so I'm gonna pick us to win because if we don't win, we're gonna go and win six. But it's gonna have to be a close game, so it'll probably be like a set. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with 2017 Panthers. Take my score. That's my score. Flip it. I think Lions win. Ryan. Yeah, I'm not buying the 10 point favorites. I've got 27 21 Detroit. Yeah, Ryan reading my mind 27 21 is where I'm at as well. I like but the synergy, I like the synergy be, here. Be closer, There's a lot than of synergy. Advertise. I mean, you can't get too so, high as a Lions fan, you come crashing down back to earth anyway. <laughs> when was the last time we lost to the Lions? I gotta remember, it's been a minute. So, you guys. reading Grandizer, uh, he says that the matchup is eight to three in favor of the Panthers all time, so it, it must have been a while ago. <laughs> it must have been. I can't think of the last time we beat the Panthers actually. Um, I can probably find out though if I, I can find out real fast. Hold on, yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, last time 2018 that was preseason oh oh that's not too long ago that's not too bad no november november 2018 that was at yeah that was at detroit and that was at it was at detroit the last two times has been in carolina we we, we won only five years ago how about it um fellas we're coming to the end and it's been such a great show it's amazing to have you guys on as normal Dave, we we talked with you early on about what the PMP is doing, so I'm going to throw it to Rashad to just talk about what you guys do, especially around the draft stuff. There was the joke that you guys are getting on that quite early. We know how that feels yeah. over, the last, <laughs> over the last 20 years. We have been forever planning for the draft in November, so we're right there with you. And you know, and, and Ryan are the HBCU aficionados as well for us. And we know that you guys love profiling that. So just chat to us about PMP and, and, and the great work you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So first of all, the Panthers, we are the largest independent uh, covering in, independent channel covering the Panthers on YouTube. Just under 22,000 subscribers. Uh, we do a lot of draft content. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for prospect profile breakdowns and all that stuff, we do that on our channel. So, so come check us out. Dave does the HBCU stuff. Uh, so if you see the the smaller schools, the you know the the Jackson States, the North Carolina ANTs, the FAMUs, Dave breaks all that stuff down. Um, he also does he does a great job with the fantasy stuff as well. I I'm retired for fantasy. I don't play fantasy anymore. Uh, so that's that's Dave's realm. Uh, but yeah, man, we just a, a fun channel. We covering the Panthers. Unfortunately. It's, it's been doom and gloom over there. I uh, haven't had a lot to show for it, but we're still fun to watch. So come over and check us out. Um, <laughs> Panther Nation Podcast have, on YouTube. 
at PlayStation PC on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it. Uh, yeah, come check us out. The only time, the only time we made the playoffs since PNP existed was the first year. Oh wow! How long is that? Twenty seventeen. PNP started in twenty seventeen. We made the playoffs in twenty seventeen. We have not made the postseason since. We've changed well, owners. We've changed owners. We've changed general managers. But we haven't made the playoffs. Uh, yeah, we changed I, general I, I, managers twice, three times. Because Gettleman three, was still the GM at that point, I think. Oh, yeah, Gettleman was the GM. Get him and then it was Ernie again. Then, <laughs> yeah. Well, the only way yeah, is that. <laughs> the, the year I was born was the last time the Lions won the division. <laughs> So, oh my oh, god, 1993 was the year I was born. 93, 93, 93 and 91 actually, was the last time I we was won talking a about game. that year. Yeah, yeah, 91 was the when y'all beat the Super Bowl champs. Y'all beat, the, y'all beat Dallas. I mean, y'all it's been a long time. I mean, hey, game. you're down here, fellas, but Bryce is going to come good. I firmly believe it, still believe he's going to be the best of the three that are out there, despite what CJ Stroud's doing out there at the moment. Believe in the Panthers and what they're building, the structure, the foundation of what they're building is going to be strong. We know where you've been. We went 0 and 10, 0 and 11, two years ago, and we're here now. So it's coming, and it's going to feel great when you get there. Fellas, amazing to see you. Come back for the draft stuff. We'd love to have you. Good luck for Sunday, and we'll see you soon. All right, guys. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right, guys in the chat, if you've got any questions just to close up the show, now is the time to get them in. (laughs) So at Roar the Lions UK on YouTube and Twitch as we close this out here. Next episode is going to be the uh it's not the preview show for this it's going to be the review show for the carolina panthers game so that'll be later we'll do man we'll be on monday of course we're going to have the live reaction show on sunday as well so come and join me and ash on the call on sunday at 1 p.m eastern time college podcast happened on monday ryan early this week what did you talk about uh oh what did you talk about uh It was a bit of everything reviewed last week, reviewed, uh, previewed this week. We spoke about uh, the contenders, the frauds. We also spoke about some of the players. So we looked at all of the top 10 leaders, like the offensive statistics for the categories. Who do we think, like, say, a potential Heisman? And we're now moving into not, I don't know, if not next week, week after. We're now looking at, we're nearly doing half-season mock drafts in about two weeks. So we're now going to be looking at the... Uh, the potential award winners and starting to focus on uh, the position players in the next week or two. All right. And I hear lots of people talking at this sort of quarter season point about the NFL and their sort of award winners and that sort of thing. Obviously the Lions have a couple of rookies who are doing really well. Are you buying any of the Lions for any, like being up there for end of season uh, awards right now? And, you know, what, what do you think a quarter of the way through the season generally in this NFL season? Because, it's it's a bit up and around there. I mean, Miami have come out like a bat out of hell, brought down to earth by a Bills team that people wrote off in week one, and they've come to life in a big way. And, you know, it's, San Francisco continue to do San Francisco things. It's been a hell of a season so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's been chaotic. Like I say, the Bengals suck. Like I say, the Dolphins are just offensively a juggernaut, defensively as the Bills show, do have questions. Buffalo starts low and then kicking to gear. Like you say, 
they're uh, they're a weird team at Buffalo. Like I say, they're very hard to predict which one's going to come out either side. And the rookies, right? Uh, Samuel Porter's not winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. A tight end is very rarely ever going to win that award. To be honest, it's just the bias. No one had let him. He could absolutely dominate this year. No one had let him win the award. Brian Branch, strong chance to win the award, but can't afford to miss any real playing time. Otherwise, he will potentially become an afterthought, which is not fair on him, but he does have a legitimate chance to win it. I say he's, he's, I say Gonzalez is out now for the year. So Devon Witherspoon is probably going to be one of the highlighted front runners that he's going up against. But yeah, there's, there are real chance for the Lions to actually scoop awards, like I say. And I can't say, remember the last time we said that over the last few years. So, yeah, like I say, we look good. The NFC North as a whole, I think it's fun. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, yeah. I, I think the Packers are going to be right there with us, unless we, we do put them away. But yeah, it's 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 funny. All like I say, the AFC South is is as good as it is absolutely dreadful. But trying to pick a winner who's going to win that comp- division this year, impossible. I don't have a clue. But I'm an anti-Richardson believer. I feel like he might drive the Colts off the line, kicking and screaming, because his we've seen last week what he's like just touched the scratch the surface. His ceiling is like phenomenal. I mean, I called it in the pre-draft process. I was probably the highest person in the world in anti-Richardson saying he was QB1. And I mean, CJ Stroud is proving me wrong, but yeah. Richardson's been fantastic. Yeah. So Stroud, I'm right is, with Stroud is brilliant. And I think he's my current offensive rookie of the year, but he can only go so far as the Texans want to take him. Like you say, he can only keep outplaying how poor everyone else is around him, if you know what I mean. Like he if they keep losing games and he keeps playing well, he will win the award. He's a he's one of those rare cases where he can be on a terrible team and if he's playing lights out and protecting the ball and doing everything he can, but they still lose, you can't really take the award away from him. And you can't say that about a lot of awards, like where you can't give head coach of the year. Like I said, it does brilliant stuff if they still find ways to lose. He can't win. But I think Stroud can actually win the award, even if they went like 7-10. and 10. People won't like it, but it's hard to begrudge him. Like, when, look what he's working with. Like, it, no offense, it would take something Nico exceptional well swear. take a lot, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so if you had Puka Nakua continue on this pace, if you didn't have Cooper Cup come back and Puka Nakua went 150 catches for like 1,600 yards... That would, you know, put the cat amongst the pigeons in that award, even with Stroud doing well, because the story of Puka Nakua being a day three pick and having that sort of production is massive. So, but he's a wide receiver and Stroud's a quarterback and there's always that bias. Yeah, positional that weight just carries so much in awards, like a safety winning defensive player of the year over a cornerback. People will be like, no, not having it. Give it to Devon with a spoon, even if they played as well as Branch all year. Like, yeah, he, some stigmas like that are just so hard to fight against. Right, we're going to take the rest of the questions off the air. So I'm going to sign off on the audio channel now, guys, in the live chats. Please stick with us while we do. Find us on our socials, Royal Lions UK on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On the group for Facebook for worldwide fans, is Detroit Lions Fans UK One Pride Worldwide, and the website rotluk.com. 
please don't forget to subscribe and rate us five stars on your podcast provider. Check out the merch channel as well. Hopefully that it, you know, it has stuff that you like. I'd love some constructive feedback on it because it very much is a work in progress. So it's in the live chat now. Check it out. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, and we'll make some adjustments and make it so it's something that people actually like. Um, Right. We'll sign off there. We'll see you on Sunday for the game. Come and check me and Ash out. Good luck, everyone. It's going to be a hard game, a harder game than we think. But 4-1, and hopefully, is coming. Let's go Lions 1 Pride. Mm -hmm.